0: Do you sometimes find that you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, or you've heard a call, or you've heard a call, and it seems to take forever, and ever, and ever, and then all of a sudden, God says, now, and breathes on something? Yeah? Do you find that? Anybody else? I'm looking for some reaction here. Thank you. Excellent. Good. Good. Because isn't that just the way sometimes? Isn't that just the way? This message has been a bit like that. I've worked on it. I've prayed over it. I've studied on it. And it's like, oh, Lord, this is, this is something that's so keen on my heart. Why, why do I not feel excited? And this morning, God just came and said, right now. So I'm feeling really good. Okay. So I hope you're feeling good as well. Um, we're in this series on evangelism. Um, we're up to number three, servant evangelism. This is something that just so fills my heart. I was so worried. What, why am I not excited about this? So I hope you're going to get something uh, of my heart, but more importantly, something of God's heart in this this morning. Just going to read. Um, so here's the, the scripture that, that, that we have uh, for this week. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you'd like to kind of find 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to start reading at verse 19. This may or may not be something really familiar to you. Um, it's, it's it's a scripture that I I don't know for some reason or other, it's one of those things I've always been aware of. Um, it's always been there floating around in, in, in my mind, and, and maybe I can explain some of why that is. So, 1 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 19. This is Paul. Speaking, obviously, to the church in Corinth. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law. though so not being of under the law myself, that I might win those under the law. To those outside of the law, I became as one outside of the law not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside of the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. This is a typical bit of Paul, lots of of brackets and parentheses and subclauses, and you try to get your head around what is he saying what is he saying this is it verse 23 I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some and I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings the heart of Paul's message is that he and he's encouraging us as well as we journey with Christ, as we as we follow what Christ has led us to do, is that we as Christians learn to understand and learn to live with and be alongside individuals, diverse individuals, all kinds of peoples, so that we might share our faith with them effectively. Servant evangelism. So be honest then, evangelism, I bet you all leapt up with joy when we shared that we we're going to have uh, a, a call to evangelism this year, that, that God was saying to us, you know, you're going to let down your nets. Uh, and isn't that great? Um, because doesn't that really mean asking us to do stuff we don't want to do? Yes. yes. <laughs> doesn't that mean actually someone at the front here is going to berate you for not sharing your testimony eight times a day? Isn't that what evangelism's about? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. So put that aside. Put that aside. Actually, what is evangelism about? Claire, I've missed your example, your your demonstration last week of the net, of the strings running. It sounded incredible as I listened to it at 3 a.m. this Monday morning. I was... I listened to Helens first. I was wide awake. I was so wide awake in the morning at two, three, four 3, on, on Monday morning. And I was bored. Don't you get bored when you're awake? And I thought, do you know what? I haven't listened to Helens and Claire's preachers. I'm following them. I need to. So while I'm staying here awake, I might as well do something useful with my life. Um, but they were good. So they kept me awake. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, now I'm right. That's good. They should. So evangelism, that was so good. Do you know, we all have a part to play in this mission that Jesus has given us. And it's not about doing stuff you really don't want to do. It's not about feeling the pressure that if you didn't share your testimony with eight people, including maybe the cat, if that's the only sentient being that you encouraged and saw today, that you should feel a failure, that's not what it's about. Okay, it's about your life and sharing your life as it really is with other people. With other people. Do you know, there's there's so much going on in our church. I, I I can't, in all honesty, stand up here and have a go at you about that, can I? We've heard about Make Lunch. We've heard about town pastors. We've got parents and toddlers starting up again. So many different things. Open door, some of you are involved with. I bet if we took a poll, everybody's doing something or, you know, involved somewhere. An even. Even if it just means you make cakes for an outreach, you are involved. I know there's no even. Where would we be without the cakes? You know, we sometimes say, oh, even if you're just the prayer team in the background, just the prayer team, town pastors would not go out on the streets if we didn't have prayer support. It would be dangerous, for one thing, and we wouldn't see God move the same way we do. So, wow, you are all servant evangelists, I'm sure, in many different ways. So I don't have to say anything about that. Maybe I should just sit down now, we'll carry on celebrating, and that'll be good. But I have been given a topic to talk about, so I will. Sorry about that. This is based in so many things. Let's let's think again about the Great Commission. Yeah, What does the Great Commission start with? Number one, go. Go. If we're not a going church then we've missed out on step one. Okay? Go. Number two, make disciples. And that's where we are in servant evangelism. It lives in that space, if you like, of going and making disciples. They are commands because it's an imperative. Go, make. That's not an option, is it? If somebody says to you, go and do something, and... You know, they're your boss or, or whatever. You probably have to go and do it. If your supervisor at work or teacher at school says, make this happen. I guess we, we know what has to do. We, we've got to make that happen. So that's where this lives. It is a commission, but that's a commission in the sense of it's an imperative. If somebody's commissioned in the army, does that mean they sit back and do nothing? No, it means they're responsible. Woo. We're a responsible church. We are responsible. Go. Where to? Go. We've got to take ourselves to where people are. Go. Take yourself to where people are. Disciples. Who are disciples? Who are they? How do you make a disciple anyway? How do you make them? How many? Do all stick? Do we lose some along the way? Well, we know that we do. And there's pain in that as well. And who Who do we go? Well, who did Jesus go to? Any suggestions? Who did Jesus go to? to Well, anybody who listened to him, (laughs) number one. Yeah, anybody else? Sorry? He chose sinners, sinners. yeah. The needy? Lepers, so the sick. Yeah, need. Misfits, people who are outcast. It's true. Yeah, people who are outcast, people who weren't included. All of those kinds of people. And that's what he came to do. So go to them. And that's what Paul did as well. Yeah, he had a mission to go out and plant churches. He had a mission to take the good news out. But he went to where people were. Whether that was the marketplace in Ephesus, whether it was in the synagogues in some places, whether it was down by the waterside where the women were washing their clothes. He went to where people were. And that's what it's all about. He went outside of his bubble if you like. Paul, if you remember how he talks about himself, he said, I am a Jew amongst Jews. He was a proud Jew before Jesus met with him. And then he became a saved Jew and things were kind of different, really. But he went outside of his bubble. He went to people who wouldn't have associated with beforehand and ate with them and talked to them and all kinds of different things. So I wonder, there's there's perhaps challenge number one for every one of us what is outside of my bubble? That that place where I feel really comfortable, you know, where I feel, this is easy, this is great, but what's outside of that bubble? And what is our motivation for doing this? Well, the motivation is, is clear and it's easy to find because it's the same motivation that Jesus had for coming out of His bubble, if you like, for coming down to earth. You know, John 3.16, the most famous scripture in the whole world that everybody knows is, for God so loved the world that he sent, there's that going word, he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the motivation, the motivation of love and compassion. What does compassion mean? Yes, I'm making you work this time. I know. I'm sorry. Come on, you've all been to school. You've all done literacy. What does compassion mean? Loving actions. A good yeah. That's a good one. Anything else? Caring. Yeah, good one. Thank you. Does anybody know the roots of that word, compassion? Oh gosh, it's actually a Middle English word. It comes from from Old French ecclesiastical Latin compassio. Comparty, which means to suffer with. So we think about compassion as being, oh, it's love in action. It's loving people. It's caring for them. It's a deeper, deeper thing than that. It's about suffering with. Here's Paul. I have become all things. He gets close to people. He comes alongside them. What did Jesus do? He came. He came to be with us and see us, and endure, and and experience what we experience, all of our suffering, and so much more. That is the compassion. That is a compassionate heart. Are you willing, are we willing, am I willing to actually sacrifice something and suffer alongside people? Suffer with. What did Jesus do? That's exactly what he did. He gave up his place in heaven to come down here on earth to know our sufferings, to know our sorrows. He gave his life. You know, Jesus, Son of God, Jesus, God, came to experience not just the woes and troubles that we have, but death, and even on that cross, separation from God, so that he might know and see, but go through that as God's perfect lamb to make that sacrifice. He gave up his life so that we might live. And now, being alive as we are alive, we are commanded to do exactly the same and to love our neighbors as ourselves. What does Jesus ask us to do? Take up our cross. Take up that path of pain and suffering, of opposition, of ridicule, to give our lives in service to him and to follow his call. So we've all got a part in it. It comes out of a motivation of compassion, of of coming alongside, of identifying with, and all of those things. So, you know, love is this motivator. Love is why we do it. Going is what we do. And so as we go and do these different things, as we live our lives for others, as we live our lives to care for others, to, to see other people... Nurtured and looked after, other people connected with in so many different kinds of ways. Love is that motivation. It is never, ever, ever about seeing more of these seats full. Never. It's about serving. It's about serving people because do you know what? That loving heart, that compassionate heart, that is God. That is God. That is who God is. And that is what he's like. So there's Paul. I have become all things to all men so that I might in some way reach some. What is Paul doing? He's coming alongside. That, that become word means to make myself like, to almost regenerate myself. And the purpose is so that we can come alongside, so that we will be accepted, so the message will be accepted. We come alongside without any condemnation or judging. So town pastors, for example, do we hand out tracts on the street and wave our Bibles at people? No. Do we require people to hear a little little preach before we'll help them and clean up their vomit? No. No, of course not. Make lunches the same. Do, do I mean, do they have to listen to you? Who's on make lunch? Do they have to listen to you preaching before you feed them? No. <laughs> and I guess they're really happy at that because they certainly wouldn't want, they certainly wouldn't want to listen to me for an hour before they get their lunch. They really wouldn't. But do you know what? It's not. It's about meeting basic, deep human needs because we love them. Because God first loved us, we love them. So I said, sometimes does it feel like it takes forever and ever and ever, and you hear kind of God's call, or or you think you know what's going on, it seems to take a long time before something suddenly happens, and God says, this is what I want you to do. That's my story with town pastors. So many decades, a few decades ago, um, I was thinking, oh, I want to do something in my community. That's the kind of person I am. You know, I've always been involved with things in, in kind of community things, and, and, and in... Um, in um, stuff at work and so on, in supporting people, what have you. Uh, And I was thinking, what more can I do? And there was these adverts going around, you could become a justice of the peace. I thought, you know, that's something. Because justice and and, and righteousness and seeing things, those things in our our society is something I'm really, really, um, you know, I really get quite excited about. I think it's important. Here's a way I could serve into the community. And no, that didn't seem right. God certainly didn't breathe on that one. So, fair enough. And then I was thinking, well, do you know what? Maybe I should become a special constable. You know what special constables are? They're, they're policemen who get paid nothing. They get all of the abuse and all of the rubbish that every other policeman gets, and they do it for love. Well, bless them. Pray for your special constables. And no, that wasn't kind of what God was saying after. Uh, and I said, oh, what is it then, Lord? I said, I want to put something into my community. I want to do something more. I want to do something there. And then we came to Newmarket. And then after a a year or two, this this idea came of town pastors. And God just said, do it. This is what I want you to do. What's the difference? Do you know, we go out as town pastors just to share that love and care for people. We're not there to enforce the law like a a policeman would be. So we've got a very different role. We're not there to judge or determine justice like a JP would be. It's a very different role indeed. God wanted me to go and care for people. And so it's like after all that decades of what can I do, he says, this is what I want you to do. Now, talking about being outside of your bubble, boy, is that outside of my bubble. Who goes to like nightclubs and bars at night? So, well, there we go. One person put their hand up. Two people put their hand I know some of you do because we've seen you on the high street. Um, but that isn't me. That is not me. I'm not a nightclubbing person. Do you know, the most boring evening I ever had was in a nightclub in Great Yarmouth. Oh boy, was that boring. Boring. And 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 you know, being out on the streets where where there's trouble. And, and stress and fights, that certainly is not me. That isn't me. I'm not that kind of person. Even when I was unsaved, I wasn't that kind of person. And so to do this was just like really, really strange. Why would God want us there on those streets? Well, because that's where the need is. That's where people are. That's where the hurting is. There's, we've met so many people over these 10 years who are in a right mess, in a right mess. Can we, can we change their lives there and then? Well, God can, but we can only do what we can, and that's to be there and be there for them and know that we're doing this because we love Jesus, he loves us, and he loves them too. So is this evangelism? Is this evangelism? Is make lunch evangelism? Is parents and toddlers evangelism? Is any way which we go in the name of Jesus to reach out to people and, and serve them and bless them, is it evangelism? If we're going with that express call from God, it is. It's only the very beginning. It's the going part. It's the going part. We were told um, back in the 80s or or 90s that you it probably takes five or seven significant connections with somebody of faith before a person would give their life to Jesus. Interesting statistic. But somebody's got to be that first. And that first will probably never see somebody give their life to the Lord there and there. But somebody's got to be that first port of call. Somebody's got to be there in in that point and that moment of need. Yes, it is. Because we do get those opportunities to share. We've had strange opportunities to share with people on the streets at night. Some of them, you really don't know whether your words are going in. Because they are under the influence of alcohol and other drugs. Alcohol is a drug, let's remember that. So And so you don't know what's going in. But you can see something is happening. Some people have been staggered by the stuff we've talked about, about forgiveness. You know, the attitudes you come across in the world about, um, about forgiveness and so on, it, 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 it's just not there. You know the kind of attitudes if you've ever accidentally caught the headlines in the newsagents on The Sun and The Mail and Mirror and all those papers. I'm sure none of you buy them or read them, but sometimes you see them, don't you? And, and, and whether it's about... You know, the the kind of hate that's poured out against, I don't know, paedophiles, whether it's the kind of hate that's poured out against immigrants, whether it's the kind of hate that's poured out about anybody who we, you know, the newspapers think they can rile us up and get us angry about. Sometimes we can say some other messages to people about those things. And when you say to somebody, no, I've forgiven somebody because of that in my life, they don't believe you. Then they start to realize, actually, you mean it. And then they start to think, this is amazing. How can that happen? When you say to somebody, well, I'm, cle- I'm cleaning up your vomit because Jesus loves you. Um, he loves me, and he said, go and do what I do, and so that's why I'm here. It's, uh, it's different to them. They've not heard this story before. So, yes, it is evangelism. It's the very, very start of it. We get this opportunity to share our motivation, to share... God's love in words as well as in deeds, and Christians, maybe we get to be seen as being okay. Do you remember the, the 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 wonderful good old days when we would go out and we would we would preach from the corners and we would sing Christian songs on on the, and, and everybody was like, oh, turn away, they're the Christians, or oh, we don't like them." My friend um, in another town in Cambridgeshire um, some years ago said to me, "I don't know what it is about." my hometown. I think we're the most evangelized town in the country. I said, what do you mean? He we said, well, this church is always out there. This line church is always out there. This church, they're always out on our high streets. Can't they just get out of the way and let us enjoy our Saturday? And that's how things often are. And I'm not speaking against preaching the gospel on the high street. When God says do it, we will do it. But how many times? Has anybody... Who's who's been a town pastor at any time over the past 10 years? Janice has. Yeah, that's good. How many times has somebody said to you, I love you, you're wonderful? Quite a lot, (laughs) quite a lot. How many times have people perhaps uh, more coherently said, Oh, I really appreciate what you're doing, it's great. Lots of times. How much then? What is the, the difference in acceptance? Of what we do as town pastors to perhaps what we could have been doing. It's, a, it's, nothing, like, it's nothing like it, is it? I've said to people so many times, you know, this is the most rewarding and amazing ministry on the street that I've ever done because people love you. People accept you. They see what you're doing as genuine. Make lunch is going to be the same. It has been the same in so many places. Let's think about things like um, food banks. These things are breaking down barriers, not just in individual people's lives, but in the lives of town councils and county councils, uh, police, all kinds of things. So I think if you can make it this afternoon, we're going to have um, Gareth, I've forgotten his second name, uh, I think his Deputy Chief Constable of Suffolk, will be along and I've seen him. I've met him on a number of occasions, mostly every year when we go to tell them what we've spent their money on. And, and he is just so enthusiastic about town pastors. Uh, the, the former um, chief of police of Suffolk, um, who resigned a couple of years ago, he would. I've seen him and heard him say, "Prayer on our streets makes a difference." That's from the police. Okay, that's amazing. Uh, when we first set up Town Pastors here in town, we were a little bit nervous. So there was four of us, and we went to see the council, and we went to see the police. We turned up um, at the police station thinking, how do we start this conversation? And, and the area commander came in and said, well, we've already met one of the sergeants. And he said, oh, yeah, I've heard about Town Pastors. This is good. Area commander comes in, uh, and he says, Town Pastors, mm." Some people in my church are town pastors, I need to find out more about this. And we thought, wow. We met with uh, a representative of the county council, um, who, so, so East, West Suffolk. Um, uh, one of the officials who we, to, we needed to kind of talk to about setting it up. And she said, I just want to say, before you start, because we're thinking, how do we start this conversation? I just want to say, before you start, I've just had my annual appraisal with my boss, and he said, what is your main goal this year coming? And she said, to set up town pastors in Newmarket. So not only does God bless us when we do this stuff, because it's what he wants us to do, but he makes the ways open for us. And that, that's the same for all of these things. I don't think in the past 40 years there has been a riper time for Christians to go and serve. I don't think there's been a riper time for servant evangelism for so many reasons. The needs on our streets, the needs in families, the needs in schools, the needs in just about every part of our society means that whatever you think God is calling you to do in this whole sphere, there's probably a place for you to do it. It might be anything. Do you know, it could be, um, is, is David in, or is this David? David, Hello. You started going into schools and listening to kids read, didn't you? Is that servant evangelism? Yeah, thank you. It is. And and that's why I say there's so many things that we could be doing. This is good. And it means that people see Christians as okay. Why is that important? If Christians are all right, perhaps God is the enemy likes to give us a bad press. The enemy likes to say that we're bigoted, that we're judgmental, that we're elite, that, the, that, that Christians are, are holier than thou. The enemy likes to get those lies around and the press love to share them because They like to bash anybody, so why not bash some Christians? But what is happening is that Christians are being out and doing and being the people that God has asked them to do and loving people. Loving people. Here's what Paul says. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. One of the things we often pray about in town pastors is, Lord, we just want to be your ears and eyes. We want to be your hands and your mouth on the street. Lord Jesus, that's what you came to do, to be God amongst us. Who is God amongst us now? The Holy Spirit living in individual Christians in the church you and me and so we are therefore christ 's ambassadors and so God was making his appeal through us so do you know that means that actually our whole life is now an example so it's it 's all very well being nice and friendly and helpful at, at, on the streets of a night or, or when we 're doing make lunch all those kinds of things but then If somebody sees us in Tesco as being grumpy in the Tesco queue, I've just blown it, haven't I? I've just blown it, because I'm still being Christ's ambassador is there. Do we want... Well, well, what did Jesus do? How did Jesus make his appeal? Filled with compassion, he healed all their illnesses. Filled with compassion, he delivered them from their oppressions. I don't know how many people, um, I don't know. The attraction of Jesus is immense, isn't it? So people would have seen and heard the teaching, and it would have been true, and it would have struck through to their hearts. But they also saw the other things going on. The other things going on, the healings and the other ministries. The miracles, people's lives changed in a moment. And that just speaks so much to people as well. And that is who we are. Why shouldn't we do likewise? Why shouldn't we be going out there to to care for people? We need to think about doing the physical and the practical as well as seeking God for the miraculous and the wonderful. The the biggest kind of amazing things that I've seen in in my life when I prayed for has been as as a town pastor, I have to say. Some things which make my hairs stand on my arm, even now when I share them. But it's when we go and do what God has commanded us to do, in the first very basics of that, and start to serve in that way. That's when we see God really moving. And if you want some confirmation of what we're doing is Christ's work, let me just read you Jesus' words. Um, you'll know, I guess, the parable of the sheep and the goats. If you don't, well there's two types that will come before Father God for judgment in, in the latter days, said Jesus. There's sheep and there's goats. And and actually the sheep and goats, what's different between them is their attitude. They both get the same opportunities. They both get the same opportunities to, to serve and meet the needs of brothers who are hungry or who were thirsty, who were strangers or who needed clothes, or who were in prison. They both had the same opportunities to meet the needs of people. And both of them said the same thing to Jesus when he said, you know, these were opportunities you had. They said, well, well, when did we ever see you, Jesus, hungry or thirsty or or in need of some clothes or, or stranger or in prison? Jesus, when did we ever see you doing that? And Jesus said... I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And the difference between the sheep and the goats is that some saw the need in others. Some saw the need that was in front of them and didn't think, well I don't think that's churchy enough or I don't think that's Christian enough. But actually got in there and gave of themselves. Whereas the goats were like, oh no, I'm not sure about that. That's not, that's not churchy enough. Oh no! I can't can't associate with them. That is not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is to serve those who need those things. And so that is what that is really what it's all about: servant evangelism. That is is what motivates us. It's the same motivation that sent Jesus, uh, that caused Jesus to come and serve us and be a servant king. Uh, we are now servant evangelists. It's part of this this network. You know, all of these things we're talking about, evangelism is for everyone. Family evangelism, we're a family. As as a family, as a church, we can do things that none of us can do on our own. None of us. But together, we can do some amazing stuff. Friendship evangelism we'll hear about next week. But do you know what? We need to get this understanding that we're a body, that we're a team, that we each need to play our part. And if your part is walking streets all the way through the night, then great, let's do that. If your part is praying for people, then do that. If your part is is serving those make-lunch kids, do that with all of your heart. If it's about praying for that as well, that there will be opportunities to share and talk as we build relationship, pray for that. If it's about whatever these things are, Let's do this together as a family because we need to be fishing with nets and not with lines. So I want to encourage you, each and every one of you, what is God talking to you about? What happens in your life? Not have I got to go and do something really uncomfortable that I'm going to hate, but what is God leading me into? Where is he taking me? Where is he taking me in my everyday life? Where where might he take me in some things that I haven't thought of doing yet? Maybe some things completely outside of my bubble, outside of my comfort zone. What is God asking me to do? Who is the Lord asking me to become like? To get alongside. And that's what discipleship is. Getting alongside. Letting people learn from me. Letting people see the Godness in me, the Jesus-ness in me, working in me, causing me to love the unlovely, causing me to serve those who are in need, causing me to be a different me than I would be without Him. That is discipleship. Walking along with, living alongside, sharing all of those things. So, Father God. This week, we're going to be doing some going. and That doesn't mean we're going to send people out onto the high street to evangelize. It means we're going to be doing some going. We're going to go from this place, and we're going to live our lives. Father, help us. Help us to see that that is our mission, to live our lives before men. That that is our mission, to serve, not to be served to love, to have that compassion in all of these places where sometimes we wouldn't go. But that, Lord, you will sustain us and you will empower us and we will see some. We will see some who will come to you as a result of those things. Father, just bless us in this week as we do that. In Jesus' name, amen.